you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 8. We're going to read verses 31 through 36. And if you don't have your Bibles, Brother Lauren's going to have it on the screen. We are in the Christian Standard Bible. If you want to stand with me for the reading of the Word this morning, we'll read, we'll pray, and we'll get right into the message today. And I said that I didn't see any first-time guests this morning. Now that they turned the lights on in here, I see some. We've got some girls with us on the, on the second row here that are first-time guests. Give them a great big Freedom Point welcome. We're so glad that they're here with us today. Uh, John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So, if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I want to preach to you today for a few moments a message I've simply titled, Free. If you will, stretch your hands toward heaven. Pray with me and for me one more time. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. You're awesome in this place. God, I ask you today, Lord, more so than the days in the past, that you would give me your anointing to preach your word today. Anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive what you would speak to us today. God, I'm asking you to help me today. Lord, you've helped me these past six years, but I'm asking you today for a, a new and a fresh anointing to do the work that you've given us to do. Move me out of the way, God, that your word can go forth in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. And we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're going to do through your word today in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord one mighty hand clap of praise as you're being seated this morning. As we have celebrated our freedom this past week, I'm so thankful that we live in a country that promotes and protects our freedom, aren't you? And if you weren't able to be here last Sunday night, we had a great time celebrating that and had uh, the best firework display that we have had in the history of the church, and it was just a great time and a great fellowship together. Now, we had about 15 minutes of a monsoon for those that was here, the couple hundred that were here know what I'm talking about and we crammed into the fellowship hall back there uh, but the storm passed and we had a great time and a great night together but I'm thankful that we live in a country that promotes and protects our freedom aren't you I'm thankful today for the many men and women who serve to protect and to defend our freedom so if you serve we said it last weekend I want to say it again today we honor you and we thank you for your service but even more so than that I am thankful for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. As we think about and celebrate six years as Freedom Point Church today, I'm thankful that this church was founded upon the vision of seeing men and women set free by the power of God. From all types of bondage, from all types of addiction, from all types of sin, and from all types of oppression. Free. Free to love others as God has loved us. Free to serve God and our fellow man. And free to worship God in spirit and in truth and in the power 
of Pentecost. Free to love, free to serve, and free to worship. That's the vision that this church was founded on. And I give all thanks to God, and I think that you should as well this morning, that in the first six years of this ministry, we have grown from 42 people who met in a hotel room to over 250 people who regularly attend our Sunday morning worship services. I thank the Lord for that. But much more important than that is the fact that we have now seen 97 people accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. In those six years, we've seen 86 people now who have rededicated their life to Jesus Christ. We have had the privilege in this church to baptize 71 of them in water. The first baptizing that we held where we didn't have a baptistry here, and not only at the time we didn't have the portable baptistry that we have now here that we use in the back, we borrowed a church down the road. Those pictures of some of those baptisms that you saw was a church that we borrowed down the road to baptize the first 11 people that we baptized in the church. And I'm also thankful that in these six years we have seen 48 people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, that's awesome. God is good. And in Mark chapter 11, we read that Jesus sent his disciples on a mission to go and loose a colt because he had need of him. Can I tell you this morning that it is God's intention to send you and I to loose the bound so that he can use them to grow his kingdom. Somebody say amen. That is the job of a disciple. How many consider yourself this morning a disciple of Jesus Christ? Let me see your hands. That is the job of a disciple is to go and make other disciples. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, the word said, Summoning the twelve, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. You see, Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He sent his disciples to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Somebody says, what's the gospel? The gospel is the power of God. Romans 1 and 16, I'm going to give you a lot of word this morning. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God for salvation to who? Everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. So we know the gospel is the power of God to loose humanity from Satan's power, from sin, from sickness, from disease, and from oppression. The word loose means uh, to unbind to release from bonds, or to, watch this, set free. That's what the word loose means. Another definition of the word, as it is used in Scripture, is to declare unlawful, to overthrow, to do away with, and to deprive of authority. So the gospel is the power of God to loose you, to unbind you, to declare Satan's activity in your life as unlawful and to take away his power from over you. The gospel is the good news of what Jesus has done, but I'm thankful not only what he has done, what he is doing and what he's going to continue to do. That's the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Christ's life, of his death, of his substitution. 
His suffering in our place. His conquering Satan on our behalf. His resurrection or raising from the dead. His ascending into the heavens. And His returning to live in us by the power of His Holy Spirit. That is the gospel. So Jesus sent His disciples to do the same exact thing that He Himself had been doing in His 33 and a half years on this earth. Now... We are His disciples. And we have the same ministry as Jesus had. As the first 12 disciples had. According to Isaiah 58 and 6, the Bible says that we are to fast so that we see Him loose the bands of wickedness. So that we see Him undo heavy burdens. And so that we see Him let the oppressed go free and that He would break every yoke. We are commissioned as His disciples to loose those who are bound. We are anointed, we are authorized, and we are empowered to loose humanity. You say, oh, Pastor, Jesus does the loosing. He does, but He does it through us. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 13. He said, as He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been dis disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called out to her. He said, woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was restored and began to glorify God. Can I tell you this morning that that same Jesus is here Right now. He can loose wherever you are bound this morning. And he can straighten you up so that you can glorify God. Anybody know anybody that can use some straightening up this morning? He can straighten. Sometimes he has to straighten me up. Does he ever have to straighten you up? He can straighten you up so that you can glorify God. So we find that Jesus tells us to go into all the world. And to preach the gospel, this good news, to every creature. And we found out already that the gospel is the power of God to loose you, to liberate you, to deliver you, to heal you, to save you, and to set you free. And in our main text this morning, Jesus said, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is that truth that sets us free? What is the truth that liberates us? 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Isaiah 53 verses 10 through 12. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death. And he was counted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of many and he interceded for the rebels. 
Another passage of scripture, the King James Version said, The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Jesus took our sins, our iniquities, our transgressions, and Jesus paid for all of that. Jesus paid for our sin, and not only our sin, He also paid for our sickness. Jesus went to hell so that you and I could go to heaven. Your debt this morning has been paid in full. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody, and if somebody's sitting here this morning and you can do it, go ahead and do it and I'll show you, could write me a check that would pay my house off, I jump right straight up and down, and although there may not be anything spiritual to it, I'd still take myself a Pentecostal pandemonious fit this morning. But yet, when when we talk about Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and he paid it, you owed a debt you could not pay, but he paid the debt he did not owe. He wrote one check and he said, Forever, it is finished, it is covered, and it is settled. Because of what Jesus Christ did, I'm authorized to tell you this morning that if you believe in him, you are free. The price has already been paid for your sins. Satan's dominion over you comes to an end. Romans 6 and 14. For sin will not rule over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. Colossians 1 and 13. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. This is the gospel that delivers us from the power of sin. The gospel that delivers us from sin and sickness in Matthew 8, 16 and 17, the word said when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. He drove out the spirits with a word. One word. He drove out the spirits with a word and he healed all. How many? All who were sick so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He himself took our weaknesses and carried our diseases. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2 and 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. And by his wounds, you have been healed. You see, the first Adam brought the double curse, sin and sickness. But the second Adam, Jesus, brought the double cure, salvation for the soul and healing for the body. Somebody say amen. So the gospel is not just words. It's not just theories or concepts or philosophy or theology. But the gospel is power. There is power in the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. Boy, I love that translation. But a matter of power. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk 
but a matter of power. Let me tell you something as your pastor this morning. Just because there's a lot of talk about it or because everybody talks it up doesn't mean it's part of the kingdom and it doesn't mean that it has any power. Just because it's big doesn't mean it's part of the kingdom. Just because a lot of people go there doesn't mean there's any power there. That's why we need to stop all of this nonsense that's being done to grow churches today because I'd rather pastor, you hear me this morning, a smaller church that's full of the power of the Holy Spirit than a mega church with no power and no regenerates. What good does it do me to wear myself out to keep a thousand people happy and entertained on their way to hell versus maybe take it a little bit easier and preach the truth to 50 if that's all that want to hear so that they can make it to heaven. I want to tell you something this morning. They can have all the LED walls. They can have all the special effects and the lighting. They can keep wearing their skinny jeans, their t-shirts, their funky shoes. They can get wilder hairdos and cuter glasses. And I'm not against any of that stuff. Did you hear me? I'm not against, well, I am against skinny jeans. I'm not going to lie in the pulpit. I'm not against any of that other stuff. Actually, I would love, Nicholas knows, I would love to have an LED wall. If you can write a check for that today, we'll take that too. Hallelujah. But listen to me. But at the end of the day, that does not change hearts or transform lives. Just give us some people who are desperate for a move of God and who are hungry for His power. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is power. Power to accomplish and power to perform. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the gospel. That's the good news. I'm thankful for what Jesus Christ did all those 2,000 years ago on the cross at Calvary. I'm thankful for what he did when I was 9 years old and I accepted him as my personal savior. I'm thankful for what he did when I was 16 years old and I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for what he did when he healed my body when I was supposed to have lost my left leg at the age of 30. I'm thankful for what he did when we planted this church over six years ago. I'm thankful for the 97 souls and the 86 rededicated and the 71 baptized and the 48 filled in the Holy Spirit. But I'm also thankful for what he's going to do today. And I'm also thankful for what he's going to do tomorrow because I believe with all of my heart that we ain't seen nothing yet. The best days are yet to come. God has a plan and a purpose and he will bring it to pass. The gospel is good news. Jesus is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus conquered Satan, sin, sickness, disease, bondage, fear, and death on our behalf. And because he lives, we live also. The same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Romans 8 and 11, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, Then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Luke 4, 18 and 19. 
Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So that same anointing that was on Jesus is now on us. We as disciples have the same authority and the same power to loose captives, to set the prisoners free, to cast out devils and to see the sick get healed. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. I want to focus on just the second half of that verse. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose. To destroy the devil's works. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And we are. The reason, listen, the reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know Him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. Hallelujah. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He is. Come here, Michaela. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And now, this young lady you're looking at is a child of God. Man, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. She's a child of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. I want you to hear what I'm saying this morning. She, who was part of the works of the devil, is now a child of God who has been manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Children of God are not just saved sinners. Children of God are new creations. The workmanship of God in Christ Jesus. Children of God are anointed with the Holy Ghost. She's also received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Children of God have power and authority over the devil. The same devil that used to torment her, she now has power and authority over him. Children of God know that they are called, they are chosen, they are anointed, and they are appointed. Now, I want you to give this child of God a great big hand as she shares her testimony with you this morning. Alright, what's up, y'all? Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Alright, we're good. So, my name's Michaela for those that don't know me. Um, Alright, I'm just kind of jump in here pretty deep. There's a lot to cover really quickly. All right, so about freshman year in high school, started doing drugs, smoking weed. I was also a lesbian. Um, very much so considered a sex change as I went through high school. About fr- uh, the end of my, sorry, uh, 2013 when I graduated. Stressing as a man, straight up. Like, it was pretty serious. Go a couple years, I almost got married to a woman. Um, around this time, I was robbing people. I was trying to sell weed. Well, 2016, I get arrested for possession of a stolen firearm, a couple other different things. All right. Got out. I was only there for like three days. Um, so from here, I start selling dope. 
methamphetamines. Start pushing it. And I <laughs> that went really badly. I uh, actually ended up getting hooked on it. It was a lot different than cocaine or anything else I'd ever done. It never hooked me like that. And so from there, it just was a really bad downward spiral. And so 2017, I got in a horrible car wreck. Actually, God saved my life. Didn't look at it that way. I was arrogant. If you all looked up wicked and foolish in the Bible, that was me. Horrible, man. I was a horrible person. But uh, after that car wreck, man, it was just, I was done. Talk about breathing and not alive. I was done. I'd, I'd rather been dead than walk another day than just see the sunlight. It was it was awful. And um, my godmother keeps calling me. She's like, come see me. You know, let me let me pick you up. Let me bring you down here. And I'm like, man, no, I'm good. I got too many. I got this God. Man, I laughed at her. What God? I've been through all this stuff, and you're telling me there's a God that cares about me, that loves me, that's going to pick me up out of what I put my... No, nah, I'm good. Eventually, I let her come pick me up. And uh, I moved down here. Second day here, I'm coming here with my sister or my godmother, my sister's at drama practice, and I see this dude behind me walking around on the parking lot. Now, straight up, I was thugged out, sagging. I was 112 pounds soaking wet. I had little slits in my eyebrows. I had I was shaved and everything. Man, it was it was serious, but he was carrying boxes, and I was like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, by the way, I'm Pastor Sean. I'm like, oh, that's cool. What's up? I'm Michaela. He's like, do you go to church? And I'm like, oh, here we go. All right. Okay, all right, man. Uh, no, no, I don't. And he's like, you should come to Friends Sunday. And I'm like, ah. He's like, we got burgers and hot dogs and zip lining. And I'm like, really? All right, zip lining sounds kind of, okay, I'll go. I'll come just for that. And honestly, when I moved down here, the whole plan was get some money, get clean a little bit, you know, kind of kick my habit and go back down there, start selling again, or start selling up here. And uh, it didn't happen that way. At... Uh, the first church service I came here, I got told two different things after I left here. And that was that God was going to do some amazing things in my life. And that was crazy. I was like, first off, y'all are related. Penny Taylor, Mamaw Taylor. I was like, no, y'all y'all playing this. Y'all drinking Kool-Aid. You're trying to get me to talk. Yeah, I'm not about this. You're nuts. So I come back. Well, okay, first I prayed at home for the first time in a very, very, very long time. And it was very simple. It wasn't eloquent speech. It wasn't anything crazy. I was just like, you know what? If you're real, if you really got something to show me, if these people aren't just as hopeless as I am, show me. I came in here, and Kelly Miller got on this stage that night. <laughs> she wasn't even supposed to be up there. This was crazy. She starts speaking in tongues. You're, all, you're in a Pentecostal church. You know, I, had, I was raised in Dorothy. Not that I stayed there too long, but I used to sit in my aunt's, you know, patty cake and whatnot. So... <laughs> Uh, I, uh, my whole body lit on fire, and we were standing up at the time, and I got my fist clenched, and I'm like, man, this is, I'm dripping sweat, and <laughs> I say ignore it in my head, and I'm sitting, you know, in the middle, over here, she's standing right here, she's speaking in tongues, and and she stops, and I said, Michaela, just ignore it. And this is in my head, y'all, and she says it out loud. She said, do not ignore me. I about fell on the floor. I said, oh, man, I'm going to hell. God's real. All right. This lady, just, this lady just spoke my thoughts, man. But that day, God said, here's my word. What are you going to do with it? Man, that was, that's been a challenge from day one. I'm like, whoa. I've, I've definitely been a little humbled, and I'm not as arrogant and as cocky as I used to be. But uh, I, um, I've, I've been through a lot, man. Eventually... 
I started uh, just letting him change because God's a gentleman, straight up. He's not going to take anything from you if you don't give it to him. Like your addiction, my addiction to meth, man, I relapsed about five times, and I'm as good as a person that continues to bang their head into that wall because I'm stubborn and hard-headed. I got to do it about five times ago. Maybe I shouldn't do that. That hurts just a little bit, you know, and um, it was me depending on my strength. Every time I relapsed, every time I stayed doing what I was doing, trying to party, trying to smoke weed, trying to live worldly, you know, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.17, he that lives in Jesus Christ new creation. Behold, all things are new. I ended up going back to Indiana. I was staying in southern Indiana. And uh, I tried to go run with the same clique I used to run with. Run with the same crowd, do the same stuff. I stayed sober smoking weed. Okay, I say sober. I stayed off dope for two days and went right back to the same stuff. But what I realized is that I was not the same person. Whether I dressed the same, whether I talked the same, whether I acted the same, I was not the same person. And I knew that something was, these people knew that something was different about me. They were like, man, why are you even here? What's going on with you, you know? And I, here come Rosie again, picking me back up. Thank you, God, you know? Like, uh, it was just, it was crazy. But hey, I'm standing right here right now to tell you all my love story with Jesus. Okay, because he took this nasty, wicked mess, bloodthirsty, I could whoop anybody in this room person, thugged out the man to this. And I couldn't even tell you all except love, love, man. It is just straight love. And when you really surrender and submit yourself to that, it ain't, it's not a bow, it's going to happen like that. I didn't get saved October about two years ago and just go, all right, bet I'm going to dress as a woman. I'm going to act like a woman. I'm going to quit questing. I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit doing drugs. I'm <laughs> going to quit listening to all of the music I used to listen to. You know, it was a change, and it's something you constantly have to work at. And I just want to say thank you all to listening and that if you really give God an opportunity, he will touch your life. Man, when Jesus touches you, you will never, ever be the same. But you got to come to him. He will not just, you, he's not going to come against you. There's free will, man. Thank you all. That's all right. Stand and honor her. You know why? She's free. I said she's free. Salvation is instantaneous, but sanctification is a process. And today she stands before you free. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Stay right here. So you may be seated. I'm going to wrap this up if they want to come to the music this morning. Here's what I wanted to tell you after you've heard her testimony. Romans 8 and 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's the King James Version. The Amplified Version reads it this way. For even the whole creation, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. What does that mean, Pastor? That means the world is waiting for more of us, for more Michaela's to show up. They're just sitting back with anticipation, waiting eagerly to hear, if God can do it for her, God can do it for me. But what God has done for you, you also need to be telling just like she stood before you this morning and told you what God has done for her. 
The world is waiting for us to assume our rights and our privileges, for us to stand in our, into our own identity and power and the authority of Christ. And because we have been set free so that they can be set free. As believers, as saints, as the sons and the daughters of God, we have a mission. Our mission is His commission. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Luke 17, 21 tells us, The kingdom of God is in us. Say, it's in me. Jesus did not put us here to hold the fort down until He returns. The Holy Spirit is not hold down the fort power. Come on, somebody. I'm I'm telling you what's happened in the last six years, but I'm also reminding you what God has set us here to do. The Holy Ghost is power to overcome, to overwhelm, to overthrow, to tread down, and to take over. The Holy Ghost was given to us to empower us to manifest the kingdom of God. You are looking at a manifestation of the kingdom of God to overthrow Satan's kingdom and to destroy his power. Isaiah 10 and 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys every yoke. Isaiah doesn't tell us or mention to us the name of a specific yoke because it doesn't make any difference to the anointing. Listen to me this morning. The anointing destroys everything that you would that would bind, burden, oppress, or afflict you. Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how He went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God was with Him. Can I remind you this morning that God is with us. Somebody say amen. We are anointed with His Holy Spirit and with power. The anointing is here if you're here bound today to set you free right now. I said the anointing is here if you're bound today to set you free right now. The Bible tells us the anointing destroys every yoke. Say every. You might call it drugs, alcohol, or pornography. You might call it adultery or fornication. You might call it homosexuality or lesbianism. You might call it debt, poverty, and lack. You might call it fear or panic attacks. You may even call it cancer, heart disease, sugar diabetes, asthma, epilepsy, or some other disease or disorder. Listen, I don't care what you call it. That yoke can be destroyed because of the anointing. There's a name that is above every name. That at that name every knee must bow. And every tongue shall confess. And that's the name of Jesus. That name is the highest name in the universe. His name, in His name every sickness, every disease, and every bondage must bow. In His name we can cast out devils. In His name we can speak with new tongues. In His name we can tread upon serpents and scorpions. And in His name we can lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not our anointing. It's His anointing. It's not our power. It's His power. He's given us the authority to do all of that. And if you're here today, I'm here to tell you, the anointing can destroy whatever your yoke is today. He can set you free. So I want to close with this. Stand with me all over the house. And I want you to catch this this morning. Matthew chapter 6, 16. Last last passage of scripture. Verses 13 through 19. 
Watch this. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do you people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And watch this. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever. Watch this. You say, Pastor, we don't have the power to do it. What did he say? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, Peter confesses Jesus. And he replies, Jesus replies, Upon this rock I will build my church. This is what I want you to catch and I'm about to close. What rock? What rock? Peter's confession or his testimony is the foundation upon which the church is built. Do you follow me? Peter's confession or his testimony is the foundation upon which the church is built. Your testimony of Jesus Christ in your life is the foundation upon which the church will be built. Michaela Feltz's testimony that she shared with you this morning of Jesus Christ in her life is the foundation upon which the church will be built. Because when you build the church by telling other people what Jesus Christ has done for you and they can visibly see the evidence in your life, then they too become loosed by the power of the gospel. The testimony of what God has done in their life becomes the foundation upon which the church is built. And Jesus said, when the church is built on this foundation, not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. Can I tell you this morning? What are you saying, Pastor? Can I tell you this morning something about gates? Think about this. Gates don't move. They're stationary. Gates don't move. Gates don't come charging against you or charging against the church because gates don't move. That's why the Holy Spirit is not a hold down the fort kind of power. I'm about to get to where I'm going as we wait on Jesus to return. The Holy Spirit was given to us what did the Bible say and you shall receive power we've been talking about power this morning after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses so the Holy Spirit is not hold down the fort kind of power as we wait on Jesus to come back the Holy Spirit was given to us to make us witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. So what Jesus is saying, if you'll catch this this morning, is that as the church is being built, you can take your confession, your testimony, 
anywhere you want to take it. You can even go as far as the gates of hell with it. And nothing that you encounter will be stronger than your testimony of what God has done in your life. Nothing. Not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. So if you know what it is to be set free this morning, if you know what it is to be set free this morning, you ought to begin to just praise God and shout right now and say, I'm free. Is there anybody free in the house this morning? Just open your mouth and shout, I'm free. Anybody free this morning? Anybody thankful that they're free this morning? They're not bound by the same old stuff. You're not bound by the same old addiction because the power